At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Check it out now. Monday morning, October 14th, 2019. It's the Beating the Book Podcast. Gil Alexander, Week 7, Guessing Lines, National Football League. You know how we do this. Chris Andrews standing by from Los Angeles. I will guess what I think the line will be. He will tell me what he's about to put up at the South Point Hotel Casino. And in that process, and hopefully an interactive one where you're guessing along with me, we will try to reveal some value in upcoming week's NFL action. Now, as far as last week is concerned, meaning this past weekend, week six, we'll go through all the refereeing shenanigans, how historic the Cowboys' loss was, put all of this in context, how the good teams might not be as good as we think they are. Then there are the haves and the have-nots and the ever-growing chasm between them and a soft middle. We'll do it all in detail. Guessing lines, week seven, a weekly tradition right here at the Beating the Book podcast. Enjoy. It's a numbers game with your host, Gil Alexander. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Monday morning, it is Guessing Lines right here on a numbers game at VEASAN, the Vegas Stats and Information Network, Sirius XM Channel 204, VEASAN.com and the VEASAN app, Fubo, Sling, Game Plus, wherever you're taking us in. Jeff Parles is here as well, producer number five. Good morning to you, Jeffrey. How was your weekend of football wagering? <laughs> Let's that's, try that again. How was your weekend that's, that's, of going back to Missouri and bragging to your to all your uh, former? No, I, I, I was humble. I was humble. I had a great weekend, though. It was uh, it was good to be back. Uh, good to be back in Columbia, Mo, for for a few days. But even better to be back with you, Gil. Oh, stop it. Um, let's put it this way: for me, this weekend in the National Football League, two games in which I was up seventeen to three, didn't get home on either of those. Uh, there were four games on guessing lines last week where I picked the uh, the wrong team being favored. Two of those won, two of those didn't. Guess which ones I picked. That's the kind of frustrating Sunday it was for me. 
uh, great day for the books, I'm sure. Let's bring in the uh, the star of Guessing Lines. For those who are just landing on this show for the first time, uh, this is a tribute to the old Stardust show back in the day with Roxy Roxborough, where uh, I don't know what the lines are. I guess them. And uh, as we're finding out this year, with the ever-increasing chasm between the haves and the have-nots of the NFL and the matchups, my guesses are getting more and more wildly horrific week after week. Uh I'm willing to be the butt of that joke, but hopefully in the process we find some betting value. Let's bring in the star. Uh, he's the South Point Hotel Casino Sportsbook Director from Los Angeles today. It's our friend Chris Andrews. Good morning, Chris. Hey, Gilly. What's going on, pal? Well, um, I'm sure it was a good weekend for you. Let's start there. How did it go? Uh, well, we didn't have such a great Saturday, I can tell you that, but Sunday the pros were very, very good. Morning didn't start out great. Uh, a lot of steam on Houston, and uh, you know I'm sure we'll be talking about those two teams. A lot of steam on Minnesota, so those two teams get there. But we had some a couple other games in the morning that saved us. You know, Miami and Washington, a lot of steam on Washington. Of course, you can get there. I have a feeling you're going to have something to say about that. And uh, what was the other game? I was like, oh yeah, um, I can't remember. We had another really good game in the morning. Um, but uh, that's kind of saved our morning. And then the afternoon, it really was kind of a clean sweep. You know, we won all the afternoon games and, and even the, the game last night. So we wound up with a really, really good Sunday. A laugher last night, which we'll get to. We'll get to all of them. So in the process of guessing these, we'll talk about all the games that went down yesterday. Uh, before we start, though, let's go to Dave Tooley's tweet. VEASAN's own Dave Tooley. This is that view from Vegas. Uh, Dave sort of, as he does each and every Monday, giving us a synopsis. Uh, the headline, if you will, in National Football League betting. And there's a lot of numbers there, but let me just focus in on uh, the middle and the bottom here. This is now, uh, in terms of dogs, underdogs this year. First of all, there were 9-4, and four, uh, make it 10-4 and four after last night, in, uh, or 9-4 and four after last night in week six of the NFL with seven upsets. But here's underdogs for the year, 53-35-2 against the spread, 60.2% on the season. And then road teams, 54-33-2 against the spread, 62.1%. That's the kind of year it has been through six weeks of the NFL. And, Jeff, I don't expect, I don't expect it to change. I really don't. It's just that volatile. Could it change? Of course it could. But I guess uh, what I'm saying, the, the randomness of it all, I don't expect to change. Chrissy, shall we start with Thursday night game? Let's do it. Yeah, you know, before you get into that, though, let me just say, I don't think the home field advantage means nearly what it did even just a few short years ago. The travel is much easier for these players. You've got private planes and all that stuff. And the way that, you know, if you looked at the Chargers-Steeler game last night, you'd think you were at, uh, you know, at Heinz Field. Yeah. You know, and I think you have that in a lot of different situations where the home field and the fans – so we can always argue, like, what exactly causes a home field advantage, you know, but part of it is the fans, and I think they affect the referees more than they affect, uh, affect the players, you know, but I, we're just not seeing that nearly as much anymore in the NFL. So I would always be careful with that home field advantage. It's an automatic three points. I'm not sure that's so automatic anymore. Well, James Salinas. Anyway, James I'm ready for it. Yeah, James Salinas, who won the Super Contest yeah. a few years back, was third place the year yeah. after and 26th uh, yeah. two years after that. He was on the show. He was on a numbers game on Friday, and that was the one of the, I think, the perhaps the most interesting point that we seized on, which is, yeah, it's one thing we know about that with the Chargers home field and, say, the Redskins home field, right? Extreme situations where 
the the crowd is now overrun by opposing fans. Overrun is not an understatement. Like you said, yeah. you could see it last night with all the terrible right. towels. But just generally speaking, um, you know, we used to talk about Arrowhead, right? Well, we, all of a sudden when the Colts go in there and beat them and the Texans go in there and beat them, no one ever talks about the home field at Arrowhead anymore, right? It's just bare, It doesn't exist yeah. in so many places. Maybe it will in the postseason. I have no doubt that it will. Um, but it certainly has never meant less. I think that's the main theme as well. Uh, I think you're right to seize on yeah. that. For sure. For sure. And that's a difference in handicapping. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. All right, let's do Thursday. Okay, we have Kansas City. Speaking of staggering in, Kansas City at Denver. The difference that two weeks make. Um, two weeks ago, <laughs> right, you have yeah. an undefeated Chiefs and a yeah. winless Broncos. Now here we are two weeks yeah. later. Chiefs are four and two. They're going to Denver, who's two and four. And this is this is also the theme where you can say here after six weeks. Think about your perception of teams, what you had, right? The one uh, and I'll just go around the league before we get back to this game. Take the NFC East, right? The the Cowboys and Eagles, I know they play each other this week. One of them is going to have a losing record, barring a tie. One of them's gonna having a, is gonna have a losing record. The Giants are one out, the Redskins are two out. Uh, the Browns, who got all that preseason love, are no better than the Broncos or the Giants in terms of the record. Uh, the Raiders are better than those teams. Like it's just—it's amazing how you have to completely rejigger everything you think about these teams. So the Chiefs come in on a two-game losing streak. The Broncos, two-game winning streak. If the Broncos win this, they're one behind the Chiefs. That's how ridiculous all this is. Yesterday, the Chiefs lose to the Texans, uh, and they do so by the score of. Uh, I just want to get the final score. This is one of the games that I had yesterday, right? Chiefs were up 17-3. to They end up losing 31-24. to Patrick Mahomes, 19-35 of for 273, which is really stifling him. Three touchdowns, one pick, his first pick of the season. Tyreek Hill did come back, five catches, 80 yards, two touchdowns, returned for the first time. This is breaking his collarbone in week one in uh, Jacksonville. But 11 penalties for the uh, Chiefs, 79 yards. In fact, that game, another theme in the NFL, Chrissy. That game combined 21 penalties, totally, <clears throat> excuse me, totaling nearly 150 yards. That didn't include close to a dozen flags that were offsetting, overruled, or declined. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Chiefs led 17-3, as I said. Uh, I had them. Turning point, if you can pinpoint one spot, the Texans took the lead into the locker room. And this was, I was screaming at the TV, Kansas City's Juan Thornhill picks off a Deshaun Watson pass late in the first half. He should have knocked it down. Instead, it's like a 20-yard difference. Mahomes, of course, then gets strip-sacked with 20 seconds left deep in their own territory. Houston recovers. Deshaun waltzes into the end zone on the very next play. Uh, Casey was held to 309 total yards. They gave up 472. Their defense, Kansas City's that is, is a sieve. It is atrocious. Guys are wide open all over the field. Forget the receivers. Running backs are going through four-lane highways, making eight-lane highways. It's ridiculous. Denver, on the other hand, and I got this game wrong. I had Tennessee favored. Tennessee, just atrocious. Denver, uh, on offense, 2 of 14 on first on uh, third downs. But they held Tennessee to the same, 2 of 14 on third downs. Held Tennessee to 204 total yards. Held them to 39 on the ground. Denver's D had seven sacks, three picks, sent Mariota to the bench. Then Ryan Tannehill uh, stifled him, 16 to nothing. First shutout in two years for the Broncos. They haven't allowed a touchdown in nine quarters. 
and a chance to get back into the AFC West race after starting the Fangio era 0-4. Chiefs on the road? God. Chiefs minus four and a half? It was four and a half. It was like the look ahead line. It's now three and a half. And I got to tell you. Wow. uh, Just looking at the pinnacle line. Looks like some money showing on Denver. Uh, I'm going to start with three and a half and see, but you know, I have a feeling this game might go to three. I'll tell you two things that, that about this game last week you didn't touch on. Uh, Denver sacked the Tennessee quarterback seven times, mm-hmm. you know, between Mariota and Tannehill. And you know what really bugged me about Kansas city? Cause we needed Kansas city. So I was watching that game pretty good. They ran the ball 11 times. You know, I mean, Mahomes had, uh, you know, we knew he had that ankle problem. I mean, he looked, he looked okay. He wasn't terrible by any means. It wasn't his fault they lost. It was really the defense. But part of it is this team never ran the ball. They ran the ball a total of 11 times during a close game. I mean, come on. I know Andy Reid really has a strong belief in the, in the passing game. But how can you only run the ball 11 times in a game like that? I think that's crazy. So those things really bug me. And, uh, you know, Denver, I'm still not on the Fangio bandwagon, but maybe starting to figure out this head coaching stuff a little bit because they did what they had to do to win the game. That's obviously the most important thing. 11 carries for the Chiefs. I did mention the uh, the Broncos' seven sacks, by the way. Seven sacks and three picks oh, did you? Okay. against Mariota and Tannehill. You know the other thing about the Broncos, uh, by the way, in this game, and I don't know if, uh, if people are paying attention, some fantasy people will notice this, um, inside linebacker Alexander Johnson. As soon as they have put him into the starting lineup, and again, coincidence or or correlation, you you be the judge. But last week he made his first start since uh, November fifteenth, uh, two thousand four, for Tennessee versus Kentucky. He hasn't started a game since that day in college. Uh, he got nine tackles and a pick against the Chargers. Then yesterday, nine tackles, two quarterback hits, one and a half sacks, tackle for a loss. Uh, he has helped tremendously. So I say four and a half, and you say you're starting mm-hmm. at three and a half. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's do. Let's go to and Sunday. I have a feeling this game is going to three. Just a feeling. I, I, no evidence of it yet, but I just have a feeling. Imagine that, though. The difference of two weeks, right? The two weeks ago, if we had yeah. said here, hey, guess what? The Chiefs might might end up being a three point favorite on the road against the Broncos. We'd we'd have laughed. That's the NFL today. It, it would have been closer to seven. Yeah. It would have been seven. Recency. Recency bias or or maybe what we were watching before wasn't the case. Listen, when you have a bad defense like Kansas City does, it doesn't matter what the rest of your team like. It is just so hard to watch, and they are terrible. It's worse than that defense. That defense was not setting records last year either, but this defense is markedly worse. And, of course, with a couple big losses with Ford Ford and Houston. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to mention one of the things Bill Walsh, I remember him talking about it, the way to protect a lead in the NFL, is you run the football and you rush the passer. Well, Kansas City can't do either one of those. Yeah, so, you know, I don't know. Deshaun Watson was sitting back there having lunch. He was never pressured. Yeah. It was unbelievable. All right, let's go to Sunday, Chrissy. Okay, next up, Arizona at the New York Giants. I would assume this has to be three. Uh, Arizona gets the win. They get a win against the Falcons when Matt Bryant shanks or hooks of an extra point attempt late in the game and Arizona ends up winning it uh 34 to 33 
against the Atlanta Falcons. We'll get to them. Kyler Murray, 27 of 37, 343 touchdowns, no picks. First NFL quarterback to have at least 20 completions in his first six career games. Uh, the, the Cardinals were 7 of 13 on third downs. Um, they got a couple breaks. There was a play where uh, Demir Bird looked like he might have fumbled after a 58-yard catch, call upheld. Uh, Murray ran for a first down on the game's final drive to seal it, and they reviewed it, and they gave it to him. But where the ball was situated, I'm not sure he got the first down. Uh, Atlanta might have had another opportunity, but instead that went their way too. And the Giants here are an extra rest. Giants are coming off a bye. So Giants minus three, right, at home? Two, three, and one versus two and four? Yeah, I see, uh, you know, we're in the famous two-and-a-half-three zone. Two-and-a-half juice on the favorite, three juice on the dog. Makes um, sense. I think I'm going to open at three, though. Uh, you know, I knocked this Kyler Murray as much as anybody. You know, Gil, I might be wrong. I mean, he looked pretty good yesterday. I don't think he had any sacks. Uh, you know, his QBR, let me find it, let me find it. His QBR was 90.3. So, and he had three touchdowns, no interceptions. He really looked pretty good. They didn't run the ball very well, though. Johnson had 12 carries, 34 yards. Uh, but, you know, they got fortunate on the, on the call, fortunate on the uh, mixed extra point by Bryant. But, Gil, let me say one thing. Why can't you have an onside kick like the old days? Yeah. Why do you only have five guys on that side of the field? That's like you know, that's one of the most exciting plays in football. And the only time you do it is desperation time. And they completely eliminated that from the game. Why did they do that? Well, I mean, that that's one listen, there's a bunch of rules that gotta change. That's one. You know why they did it, right? They wanted to it's sort of like the uh, the kickoff return thing. They they want to minimize collisions. Um but yes, I would, I would say that you're right, that this, in a, perhaps in an unanticipated way, maybe, that, you know, maybe they didn't think it through, maybe they did, but it does take away the, you know, that possibility, right? That quote-unquote Hail Mary of, of a final play where a possession yeah. you know, uh, stays with the team that just scored. And it, it should change the way teams strategize when they're coming back too, right? It should change their calculus on whether they're just kicking extra points or going for two. Like, everything should now change because you have to assume you'll never re- recover an onside kick again. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, that's not a very exciting... Yeah, I, I, I hate that rule. I, I, you know, there's a couple rules. Well, Ryan, you know, how about you know, some of these five-yard penalties, automatic first down? Oh, yeah. I don't... I don't get that. Yeah, and how, why, how come? The, why isn't it when it's offensive pass interference? Why isn't it automatic fourth down? How about that? You know, <laughs> I mean, everything's call. you know favoring the offense. You know, I don't know. I just I don't like that. So, you know, there's some of these calls are just too egregious. And you know, you I know what you're saying about avoiding the collisions. Well, stay home on Sunday. That'll avoid all collisions. Yeah. You sit on the couch. That's you right. Know, I, I hate that. I hate that rule. Hey, I'm just telling you what they're thinking. That's what I'm thinking. Um, yeah, look, there's so many of these. We've talked about them so many times. On offense, right, if a defensive player puts their hand on a, on a face mask anywhere near the head, instant penalty. Yeah. But, if a, but if a ball carrier just takes his hand and absolutely destroys the defender's face, yeah. oftentimes it doesn't get called at all. You know, so there's there's a whole bunch of that. Oh, it's a beautiful play. Yeah, it's a great play. What a play! Yeah. Um, and don't get me started on the fumble. Yeah. Fumble through the end zone to me is the most illogical one of them all. Um, which go which changes position. I know you've been on that one. Yeah. All right, let's do one more because I don't want to end the segment on that unsexy game between the Cardinals and the Giants. What's one? Okay. More? 
Yeah, by the way, I am going to open three in that game. Okay. Uh, okay, Houston at Indianapolis. Houston at Indianapolis. Uh, the Texans, as we talked about briefly, beat the Chiefs. Deshaun Watson, 30 of 42 for 280, one touchdown, two picks. The main thing with the Texans, and you can just, if you review box scores, if you had the hindsight of box scores, just look at how many times times Deshaun gets sacked. If he gets sacked a mess of times, they're in trouble. If he's clean, they win pretty much every time. Carlos Hyde, uh, in his return to Kansas City, remember they traded him to Houston in the preseason when the Chiefs decided, uh, yeah, you're, you're from, we don't need you. 26 carries, 116 yards. That must have been good for him, uh, felt good for him. But as I mentioned, 472 yards for the Texans, 309 to the Chargers in total yards. They outgained him on the ground, 192 to 53. Time of possession, 39 48 to 19 12. Uh, Texans, too, had a whole bunch of penalties, 10 for 70. Um, Indianapolis coming off a bye. I'll say Indianapolis minus two and a half. This is a big game. In the AFC South early season, Houston four and two, the Colts three and two. You're you're a little high. I see one and one and a half. I like the higher number. I'm going to open one and a half, but I could see where you're going with this. Uh, I'm not saying I don't like your number better. I might, Uh, but I I think Indianapolis, like you said, with the extra rest, you know, a team. Listen, they got shocked and rocked early in the season when they lost Andrew Luck, but Jacoby Brissett, not bad. And the rest of the team, that's why I feel bad for Andrew Luck. This is finally a good team that they've built in Indianapolis. But uh, I think this team was way underrated. I think people are starting to realize how good they are. I like the higher number. I like the one and a half here a little bit better. Houston is very good. Probably a little better than I thought there, too. But uh, I don't think he's going to have that clean pocket all day against the Colts like he did against Kansas City, Watson I'm talking about. Yeah. So I kind of like I like Indianapolis in this spot. So I'm going to open the higher number at one and a half, but there's a lot of ones around too. All right, one and a half, I'm okay with that. I had two and a half, but I'm okay with that. Uh, we'll come back, we'll do more of these. I have a feeling, by uh, although those guesses seem to be pretty much in pocket, I know some of the matchups, so I have, <laughs> have a bad feeling about some of these. It's all brought to you by the BetMGM app, by the way. Uh, football season, of course, in full swing. And for first-time app users... Well, you can make your first bet completely risk-free, up to $500. Same guys that bring you Atlantic City's premier hotel and casino, Borgata. Be with you all season long with a wide variety of betting options and easy deposit and withdrawal methods. Just download the BetMGM app. Use bonus code VSIN500 at sign-up to get your $500 risk-free bet. That's bonus code VSIN500 to place your first BetMGM wager risk-free. You can sign up anywhere, but you got to be in the state of New Jersey specifically to place a bet. BetMGM, it's how you play the game. Download the app today. Got to be 21 years of age or older. New Jersey only. Restrictions apply. The BetMGM app. Coming back, more guessing lines. Week 7 in the NFL with Chris Andrews. Coming back on VEASAN. Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. We, of course, are nearing the halfway point of the NFL season. Already gotten there in college football regular season. Uh, Do you know where your bankroll is? Your guys in the desert. Are here to help with a special offer. Get VEASAN's all-access subscription. Let me try that again. All-access subscription, Jeff Parles, for just $99 through the 2020 Super Bowl. Package includes 17 issues of Point Spread Weekly, VEASAN's digital magazine on sports betting, designed to make you a better handicapper, not just this week, but for months to come. Our special betting guides previewing the NBA, college basketball, and college football bowl seasons. The NBA right around the corner. 
24-7 live video stream of VEASAN programs plus replays, afternoon email with any recommended plays from hosts and their guests, and proprietary power ratings and trends on VEASAN.com, updated constantly along with exclusive subscriber-only stories. Learn more at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. That's VEASAN.com slash subscribe. And if you're not sure yet, there's even an option for a free trial. All of it at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. All right, guessing lines. Week 7, National Football League. Uh, already mentioned frustrating Sunday for me and that uh, two of the teams I had, Chiefs and Redskins, up 17-3. to Neither cover. I would say the Chiefs even up 17-3 to were not even close to being the right side. Even when they were up, you knew it wasn't the case. Uh, Redskins probably had no business not covering. And then of the four games that I uh, picked the, uh, the wrong side favored, two came home, two didn't. Guess which ones I ended up picking? The ones that didn't. That's how it goes sometimes. Tennessee and the Buccaneers, whereas the, uh, the Saints and the Seahawks did come through in those. So just frustrating. That's how it goes sometimes. My mishpucha, Chrissy Andrews, is here, the uh, South Point Sports Book Director. At Andrews Sports, by the way, is where you can follow him on Twitter. And again, the book from Chrissy, Then One Day. All those story times from the Beating the Book podcast and from a numbers game, all culled together in written form, where he gets to actually expound on them. Um... That's the book, and it's available everywhere still. Yes, Chrissy? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Amazon, I, they tell me, is the easiest place to get it. And, uh, you know, I talked to uh, Lynn Ravenscraft, who I think you know. She's uh, head of marketing for the uh, South Point. For some reason, it hasn't been in the gift shop. And oh. I thought it would have been taken care of, but I've been gone for God, almost four months now. So I'm hoping to get that in the gift shop at the South Point. So uh, that might be one more place to get it. But That's right. as of yet, not 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 available yet. South Point gift shop. Let's get that going. All right, Chris. Uh, what's, yeah. your, what's the next game here? Um, by the way, how many? Uh, what's the afternoon? What's the early game afternoon breakdown? Yesterday, much more civilized with uh, four afternoon games. Three afternoon games this coming week, and uh, I said, yeah, there's a couple. There's there's two I would call pretty darn good. One not so good. Okay. Three afternoon games. Let's continue with the morning games. And the Sunday night game I think is very good. So yeah, we're still on the morning here. Uh, okay, Miami at Buffalo. Miami at Buffalo. Miami loses to the Redskins seventeen to sixteen. Redskins were up seventeen to three. The previously 0-5 Redskins against the previously 0-4 Dolphins. Skins up 17-3, fourth quarter. And uh, Josh Rosen, who was 15 of 25 for 85 yards. 15 of 25 for 85, no touchdowns, two picks, sacked five times. A passer rating, which is scored at a 158.3 of 32.9. Brian Flores and the Dolphins decide that we're going to bench Josh Rosen. And in comes Fitzmagic. And the Dolphins storm back to 17-16, to and they decide, you know what? Let's put everybody out of their misery here. Let's go for two. Let's not push in overtime. We either win this or we lose this. And that might have been the worst two-point conversion try I've ever seen in my life. Here's how, how every, first of all, as a Redskin better, I'm like, as a Redskins better, I was like, oh, God, they're going for two. I'm screwed. As a guy who wanted to see the Redskins win, and as Redskins fans will tell you, this is the emotion was this. Oh, my God, we could lose this. Oh, we won. Like, it was just that bad of a play. Uh, running back Kenyon Drake couldn't handle a quick throw from Fitzpatrick in the flat on a two-point conversion try with six seconds left. By the way, even if he catches that, there's four Redskins ready to maul him. Uh, so the Redskins escape 17-16. The Dolphins remain winless. They're 0-5. Either that was a great tank two-point conversion or 
they were really trying. You be the judge. Miami still has never, uh, they never led yesterday, by the way. They've been ahead in games for a grand total of three minutes and 49 seconds thus far this year. Um, they remain on pace for the lowest scoring 16 game season in NFL history. Josh Rosen will remain the starter per Brian Flores in this game at Buffalo. Buffalo's four and one. They're coming off a bye. And here comes the guess, Chrissy. <laughs> Let me just brace you for this. Okay. Do we do we live in the world? Do we live in a world now where the Buffalo Bills are fourteen point home favorites against the Miami Dolphins? I'm gonna say fourteen. Uh, no, we don't because there are seventeen points. You have got to be wow. The Buffalo, well, I the see Buffalo it anywhere Bills, from sixteen to seventeen. I'm open in seventeen. And by the way, Josh Rosen, you mentioned fellow tribesman. Yeah, two two point eight uh, QBR out of a hundred and zero and a hundred. Wow. Yeah. But by the way, there's one quarterback worse than that, and I'm sure we'll get there. But two point eight, he got sacked five times. I mean, he was atrocious. And and this Buffalo defense, I, I mean, that I'm not sure they're not the best defense in the NFL. I mean, they will torture this poor young man. And uh, I'm opening 17. <laughs> will. Will. Uh, total's only like <laughs> total's only 39. So I know that's a lot of wood to carry for a 39 point total. But uh, I'm going to open 17. You know, wise guys will probably take it. Uh, I'm sure the public will overpower them come Sunday. So I'm going to open 17 and uh, see where they want to go with that because I, I you know. It, it, you're right, though, when your opening statement talked about the haves and the have-nots. Well, I'm not even sure Buffalo's a have. Right. But, uh, but Miami is most certainly a have-not. That I can tell you. So here, here's my emotions on that. One, again, getting back to my statement, we live in a world where this is the case now, right? We live in an NFL world where yeah. we just, you know, Buffalo's a 17-point favorite at home against Miami. And by the way, I, when I said 14, I was like, wow, I'm, I'm really getting frisky. And then when you say 17, I sort of think about it. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I guess. Like, I don't really have a problem with it. I don't think it's outlandish. It's crazy. And I think that's why, like, guessing lines this year, these guesses will get worse and worse the way this is going. That's crazy. Buffalo is 17 points at home against the Dolphins. Good Lord. Well, I think if if Fitzpatrick was starting, I don't think you'd see 17. No. Rosen? No way. And listen, I I mean, there's guys that have said it. So this is no way an original statement on my part. But the NFL ruins more quarterbacks than they develop. And it looks like they're trying to ruin this poor kid. You know, I mean, uh, you know, they announced him as a starter for the rest of the season. Why? Why? I I mean, I'm not sure that they're – they're doing the best thing to develop this kid long term. I don't think so. I said that to Parlay before the show. I said to him, I go, I said, why why are they doing that to this kid? And then the, the counter to that is, you know, and I've said this before, like, well, okay, well, if there's a kid and you you know, I said it with the Giants, I like, why are we playing Eli Manning? We should have Daniel Jones play all the time. Why why are we messing around? But I do think there are certain quarterbacks, Dwayne Haskins comes to mind with the Redskins. Where, yeah, maybe not so fast, right? Like, let's just let's just sit him on the side. No, yeah. no good is going to come of this. But the Josh Rosen thing is a different thing, right? They traded for him. He's played a year, and if he's not ready to go, Chris, good lord, right? I mean, that's a different thing. Yeah. yeah. But seventeen points but, in favor know, of the Bills. 
you look at the team around them, and we talked about them tanking. I mean, are they tanking? I mean, I guess that's debatable. The guys on the field are not tanking, but the upper management has not done much to give this guy, first of all, any protection in the offensive line, no running game. Uh, defense isn't horrible, I guess. You know, but uh, you know this kid is not being uh, groomed for success at this point. I I kind of feel for him. And I think you know Fitzpatrick. Listen, he is what he is at this point. You know, it's not like he's going to win you anything great. But you know, what's he? Thirty five, thirty six years old. He, he's made a fortune in this league. And uh, you know, I I hate to throw anybody to the wolves, but really they're throwing the whole team to the wolves. And I don't know. I, I feel sorry for Rosen. I think. He's not going to have a good career, and I think you're looking at part of it right here. Why they traded for him, I don't know. But, but you know, again, that's a question for upper management because it looks like they're certainly playing for a first-round quarterback uh, this coming draft. It's an interesting. It's an interesting that's way nice you phrased it. The the the, uh, the league ruins more quarterbacks uh, than it makes. We were going through this list last night. How many quarterbacks are there in the National Football League that strike fear in you if you're backing the opposing team? And literally, the list is six people long. Brady Breeze, Rodgers, Mahomes, Wentz, and Wilson. Six. Six. That's the list. You can then sort of argue underneath that group, there's the Rivers, Stafford, Jimmy G, Deshaun Watson, either guys that are serviceably good older players or guys on their way up and you're still not sure about them group. And then there's that other group of, like, you're still not sure, and it's maybe a tier below, which is, the Kirk Cousins of the world and the Matt Ryans and the Lamar Jacksons and the Dak Prescotts, but really there's six that are just great. That's it. Six. You know, and I don't and now with the, you know, I don't think that's a debatable list really at this point. With Big Ben out, I think it's six deep. So it's just uh, think about it. Thirty two jobs yeah. and uh, you know, yeah. you can't even get twenty percent of them filled with greatness. So all right, let's do one more here, Chris. Well Dave Damashek. Dave Damage from NFL uh, Network. <laughs> There's seven billion people on Earth. We can't find 32 guys to play quarterback. That's right. It's so true. That's right. You know. That's a great way to put it. <laughs> All right. Let's do one more. Okay. Minnesota at Detroit. All right. Detroit has not played. Detroit three and a half point dogs now. Is it Jeff tonight against Green Bay? Yeah. Uh, should be a good Monday night game uh, in the NFC North tonight. This is another NFC North matchup. Minnesota. Coming off a uh, a very good win over the Eagles yesterday, thirty eight to twenty. Kirk Cousins, stand up, twenty two of twenty nine, three hundred thirty three yards. That's a season high for him. Four touchdown passes, one pick. Uh, Stephon Diggs was on the receiving end of most of that. Seven catches for one sixty seven. He scored three touchdowns. Scored on first half passes of fifty one and sixty two yards. And maybe the biggest catch late in the third quarter, double toe tap back of the end zone from eleven yards out. That pushed the lead to 11 points. It was 24 to 20. The Eagles had climbed back in it to 24 20 at that point with 17 straight points. It was 24 to 3, got to within 24 20, and then the Vikings put down the hammer. Eagles didn't have their starting quarterbacks again. Ronald Darby, Avante Maddox, Cousins took full advantage. 447 total yards for the Vikings, their most emphatic win of the year. Um, that said, without having seen Detroit, I'll say Vikings sight unseen minus one and a half. This could be right up towards a pick. I don't know. I'd say minus one and a half road Vikings. Uh, I see a pick or the Vikings one. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with one here. Vikings one. Uh, you know, Kirk Cousins, another guy that I've mocked. 
Is he turning into a quarterback all of a sudden? Easy. I mean, he's Easy. not that echelon that you talked about. Easy. Yeah. yeah. But he's looked pretty good now. I mean, maybe he's figuring out, you know, Stephon Diggs wanted traded. Didn't he want traded? I mean, he had a huge game yesterday. You know, the team is pretty good. They got a pretty good 53-man roster. And uh, probably Kirk Cousins is the beneficiary of that. Uh, where's, I had a note here somewhere about them. You know, but uh, you know, maybe they are kind of coming in into their own, and Cousins being a part of that. But I think part of it is the the fact that they have such a good roster up and down the line up there. You know, all the steam yesterday was on Minnesota over over Philadelphia, which uh, I was kind of surprised to tell you the truth. Uh, just to refresh everybody's memory, last week we opened Minnesota and Philly, Minnesota three. Mm-hmm. First wave of bets from the sharp guys came in on Philadelphia, so we went down at two and a half. And since then, after that, it was all Minnesota money. Now, I know we had some public money at the end, too. But a lot of sharp money on Minnesota, lots of it. This was a huge, huge game for us. matter of fact, the Minnesota-Philly game, I think, might have been the biggest handle game that we've ever had, barring the playoffs or Super Bowl, obviously. Wow. There was a huge handle on that game. Yeah. Say yeah. that again? Absolutely. Say that modern. again? Now, part of that's the... Part of that's the number, the three, because we were two and a half, three, three and a half. So we were, yeah, the, the, I think the biggest handle of any game since I've been at the South Point, other than the playoffs, on any regular season football game. It was monstrous. And a great game, I mean, a great, great matchup going in. And, you know, Minnesota was clearly the better side district. That's incredible. Wow. Um, yeah. Biggest yeah. handle game at South Point, barring playoffs, barring any postseason game. Uh, since you've been at the South Point. That's, uh, that's pretty amazing. There may be something else, but I'd have to go look. And there's none that I remember being quite that big. Yeah, but it was, it was huge. It was huge. All right. We'll get some yeah. more lines week seven. Yeah. I'm not sure what I like yet. Maybe that's a good sign. Because last week, as I said, I liked way too many. You know <laughs> what that means. Uh, we'll come back. It's Chris Andrews right here on A Numbers Game at Visa. Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. Back on A Numbers Game, I just want to react to a couple things we talked about uh, last segment. One was that Chrissy just said the Minnesota-Philadelphia handle here at the South Point was the greatest non-postseason handle of any NFL game in his tenure here at the South Point Hotel Casino, which is kind of mind-boggling to me because on the Megapod, that was the game I wanted the least part of. So that's one thing. The other thing is with the Redskins or excuse me, with the Dolphins and the Bills. We said the Bills are favored by 17 points. We live in a world where the Bills are 17-point favorites against the Dolphins, and my guess was 14, and then when I heard the 17, I'm like, yeah, that sounds about right. But the total's 39. If you do the point spread total conflation, that comes out to about a 28-11 to kind of game, right? Exactly, 28-11. to You think the Dolphins figure out a way to score 11 points? Team total's got to be around 10.5, I would imagine. I don't see how against that Bills D. And, and then, it, 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 then it sparks to mind, well, if they started Josh Rosen against the Redskins and it was going so bad and they decided to put Ryan Fitzpatrick in, if they start Josh Rosen again and it goes even worse, are they going to put Ryan Fitzpatrick back in? Like, what are they doing? And that two-point conversion, just to make one last comment about how suspect that two-point conversion was, because again, as a Redskin backer, I knew I was toast because they were going to either win or lose, and the Redskins minus the points wasn't going to come through. But as a Redskin fan... It just ended so where it was like, oh, they could lose. Oh, look, they won. Kenyon Drake said after the game, they asked him, like, have you, did this, have you practiced this? And Kenyon Drake said, oh, yeah, we, we practiced it, just not with me. 
<laughs> so there's that. That's great. I don't know what the Dolphins are doing, but it sure doesn't feel like winning football, if you know what I mean. Uh, Chris, all of that, just reactions. That Minnesota-Philadelphia game, would you have ever been? Able, would you have ever anticipated that would be the biggest handle, or are these are the kind of things that just happen organically? No, they happen organically, but I mean, really, let, let's—I mean, let's call it for what it is. It's because of the three, and we went from three to two and a half to three to three and a half. So, I mean, that always stimulates a ton of action. And I know we've talked about this on the show. Well, I know the old number was seventeen percent of the games where the uh, point spread has any influence on the outcome. Right. But I always say, move a game from two and a half to three and see what kind of action you get. You know, yeah. I mean, you get an awful lot. This is one of those games. I talked to Michael Gaughan before the day. I said, Michael, we got to avoid a three in the Minnesota game. I mean, that's that. we got some big decisions. That's one of the biggest right there because we've been back and forth between those three numbers, two and a half, three, three and a half. We got to avoid the three in this one. Trust yeah. me. But of, so, but of course, he was well aware of it. That, that, of course, you've had thousands of games that have I'm been sorry, on the. Did, no, I'm sorry, but you've you've had hundreds of hundreds, if not thousands, of games that have been threes before, right? It's sort of like what was it yeah. about this matchup that stimulated that much action? You know. That's well, it. I think the fact that it's two of the best teams in the NFL, you know, and uh, like I said, we did. Usually, it's like three, three and a half, three, three, and a half, two and a half, three, two and a half, three. Well, here it was two and a half all the way to three and a half. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's both sides of that three. You know, so, you know, and everything, and of course, first-time listeners that don't know this, we do everything at the South Point at 11 to 10. We don't use juice, no juice on favorites or dogs. Everything's 11 to 10. And, uh, you know, like I said, when you come to the South Point, you know you're going to lay 11 to 10, period. Now, maybe you might not have the number you want, but you are going to lay 11 to 10. Yeah, policy. Policy here at the South Point from the top down. All right, Mm -hmm. let's let's do one more here. Yes, sir. Let's do one more. Uh, Oakland at Green Bay. Oakland Green Bay, Oakland coming off the bye. They were in London when last we saw them. They were beating the Bears in London, um, snatching snatching a uh, victory from a lead blown, but making it happen at the end. And then Green Bay hasn't played yet. They play tonight. So you have, again, we talked about this last week. You have this weird circumstance where you have a team on extra rest yeah. playing a team on that's going to be on short rest. Um, and so sight unseen on the Packers tonight, I would imagine Green Bay would be somewhere just shy of a touchdown favorite again barring you know the unforeseen tonight so i'll say green bay minus six and a half yeah that's exactly what it is but i do see some sevens around i like the six and a half better you know Gil, you mentioned it and it came i think it really was part of the the uh the seattle cleveland game yesterday cleveland on short rest seattle on extended rest they right. played the thursday before you know, and here again open which they you know, did have a tough travel coming home from uh, england but still you know, a week off. Now Green Bay is going to be on short rest, you know, and uh, it is a new coaching staff in Green Bay, although they, you know, it's kind of a veteran team. Um, I, I think this is a good spot for the Raiders myself. So I'm going to open six and a half. Um, you know, I think seven would be an automatic take if I was out there betting. You know, I, I, it, there's no way it's going above the seven. I could tell you that. Right. Well, I don't think anyway, unless Green Bay wins by like 40 tonight, you know, but I think six and a half is the right number here. Yep. That's what I had. Let's do one more. Jacksonville at Cincinnati. Jacksonville at Cincinnati. Um, Jacksonville losing to New Orleans yesterday. New Orleans wins it 13-6 to in a slugfest. Gardner Minshew comes back down to earth. 14 of 29 for 163. No touchdowns, one pick. 
Uh, and Saints limited the Jaguars to a season-low 226 yards. Um, when you factor in all the sacks and stuff, it's 151 total yards is what I have here. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore shadowed DJ Chark, got safety help. Chark manages three receptions for 43 yards against that coverage. Uh, Jalen Ramsey was inactive for the third consecutive week because of the quote-unquote back injury. Uh, he was ruled out three days after owner Rashad Khan uh, said he expected Ramsey to play against the Saints. And then there's Cincinnati. Cincinnati is 0-6. Uh, in case you missed that, they got spotted a touchdown yesterday when Brandon Wilson took the opening kickoff 92 yards for a score against Baltimore. So with 7-0 Bengals out of the shoot, rest of the way, uh, Ravens got him by the score of 23-10 for a 23-17 final. Bengals remain in search of their first win under Zach Taylor. Andy Dalton, 21 of 39, 235. He did score on a two-yard run with 128 left, but Cincinnati failed to produce an offensive touchdown. Listen to this now. They failed to produce an offensive touchdown over the first three quarters in a third consecutive game. So no touchdowns for the Bengals the first three quarters, the last three games. That is not good, I'm told. Uh, Baltimore uh, with a 212-6 to advantage in yardage and an 11-0 margin in first downs during the first quarter. <laughs> oh, my God. 212-6 to and 11 and nothing in first downs. That's the first quarter yesterday. So don't let the smooth taste fool you about that, that score. That was a bit cosmetic. Uh, so Jacksonville's at Cincinnati, you said? This is at Cincy? Yes. Jacksonville minus, it's going to be more than three and less than seven. I'll say minus five and a half, Jacksonville, on the road. Uh, you're a bit high. It's uh, three with juice on the favorite. I do see one three and a half. How is that only three? Yeah, I see. Yeah, I, you know, I mean, listen, Jacksonville, you know, I know we've got the Gardner Minshew, uh, you know, fan club out there. You know, but he's coming back to earth a little bit. You know, um, I don't know. I don't have a lot of faith in Jacksonville and uh, Cincinnati. Of course, is horrible. And you talk about a coach who's just uh, way out of his league at some point. This Zach Taylor. He looks I, bewildered. I, you know, he looks bewildered. I, he really does. Yeah. I, yeah. I think that. I think the the Brown family just tried to get him. The cheapest guy we could get on here uh, that would uh, fall in the grenade for us. So I think they got Zach Taylor, and that's really what I believe. I honestly do believe that. They're, he's one of the cheapest owners in the league. Um, I, 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 I'm tempted to open this three, but I think I'm going to go with three and a half. Yeah, I think you should. Uh, wise guys will probably jump in and take it. you know. But I, I just don't see anybody, if we were at three, I don't see anybody taking Cincinnati plus the three. Uh, listen, yes, I'm in a couple contests around town. So I'm not betting out of my pocket, but I did have Cincinnati and almost all of them. And I know I was very lucky to win that. You know, I took 11 half, 12, whatever it was. You know, I was very lucky to win it. I understand that. But uh, you can't count on luck all the time. Uh, certainly not with only like a three-point margin. So I think I'm going to open three and a half here. And uh, like I said, if I open three, I know they're going to flood me on Cincinnati. They want to take the three and a half. I'm going to let them do it, and then we'll see where we go from there. But they'll probably take it. Cincinnati, I believe, has won three games against the spread on the road. Uh, I am shocked that this is only three. Yeah. I'm shocked that this is only three. This is the first game yeah. I really love. Because uh, I haven't been a Gardner Minshew guy, but I think they're a far better football team than the Bengals are. Interesting. All right, we'll come back. I have a baseball pick on today's 
uh, NLCS Game 3. We'll see if Parles has a pick as well. And we'll come back and we'll resume Guessing Lines Week 7 in the NFL right here on VEASAN. Support for today's show, as always, comes from Bookmaker.eu, an industry leader for close to 30 years now, where pro players consider them a must because they're first to post odds, take the highest limits, and pride themselves on never having kicked out a winning player. I must sound like a broken record by now. I understand. But that is the truth, all of that, especially that last part. It's so key. Never having kicked out a winning player, the rarest of commodities. Bookmaker remains a high-volume sports book best suited for the sophisticated player who understands sports betting but also caters to large recreational players. Perhaps that fits your bill. And their motto, as always, remains where the lines originate because chances are the sports book at which you've been betting follows their lines. Almost a guarantee on that. Right now, the offer remains. If you visit bookmaker.eu slash gill, that's bookmaker.eu slash G-I-L-L, you can claim an exclusive 100% welcome bonus of up to $300. That's bookmaker.eu slash gill to join and claim your welcome bonus of up to $300 right now. It's the place to be. I wouldn't bet without it. Bookmaker.eu slash gill. It's a numbers game with your host, Gil Alexander. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. It is our tune of a numbers game right here at Visa, the Vegas Stats and Information Network. Sirius XM Channel 204, Visa.com, the Visa app, Fubo, Sling Game Plus. Gil Alexander, it's all brought to you by the BetMGM app, where first time players can make their first bet completely risk free up to 500 United States dollars. And the same guys that bring you Atlantic City's premier hotel and casino, Borgata. We'll be with you all season long with a wide variety of betting options and easy deposit and withdrawal methods. Just download the app, use bonus code VEASAN500 at sign up to get your $500 risk-free bet. That's bonus code VSIN500 to place your first bet MGM wager risk-free. You can sign up anywhere, but you got to be in the state of New Jersey to place a bet. Bet uh, Bet MGM, it's how you play the game. Download the app today. Got to be 21 or older. New Jersey only. Restrictions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. That's the Bet MGM app. Um, so much wackiness also yesterday in the NFL. Did you, Jeff, did you by any chance, were you watching the Chiefs-Texans game yesterday? Second quarter. Pro Football Talk is just in a whole, I just did a whole piece about this. But... We're talking about squirrely officiating. Yesterday, uh, the Chiefs are playing the Texans in the second quarter. And do you remember there was the play where Mahomes threw it into the end zone? It was an incomplete uh, incomplete pass, but a flag was thrown indicating um, a defensive P.I. And then all of a sudden, so then the, the ball gets advanced. The Chiefs are about to run their play where it's properly spotted if, in fact, it was a P.I., all of a sudden, the whistles blow. All of the referees get together. It appears that one of the referees is holding his finger on his ear, meaning, or at least indicating, that he's trying to hear somebody talking to him better, whether that was in New York City, someone in a booth somewhere, whatever. And the net result of it is that the referees end up picking up the flag Now, the explanation was clunky, but the explanation was that the call was on the receiver away from the ball, Travis Kelsey, and so therefore, uh, because the ball would have been uncatchable to him, there was no flag, or there shouldn't have been a flag. But in fact, replay shows that it should have been a defensive hold in that situation, that Mahomes still had the ball, and that the Chiefs should have still been the beneficiary of that. The real squirreliness of that is, 
No one should be talking to anybody per NFL rules, right? That's a judgment call by referees on the field. The problem is it looks like they were getting advice from somebody else. And that was a huge game-changing call in that game. So that was just one of many very sort of uh, interesting things that went on in the league. And, you know, for those, you may have some people in your family or whatever say, oh, so the NFL is just so hard to, uh, so hard to watch. And number one reason they give is the, the very strange flag fest that all of these games seem to degenerate into. And that was just another weird one yesterday. But um, uh, Todd Wishnev, who's on the show Wednesdays, he believes he, he, he believes he saw the worst call in the history of the NFL yesterday. If you were watching the Falcons-Cardinals game, there was a kick-catch interference called in the Falcons game. The Falcons punted. It was a 27-27 game, and they called interference on the catch, and there was no one from the kicking team even close to the returner. The ball hits the returner's leg. Should have been a live ball. Uh, I believe Atlanta recovered, and they called interference, and there was no one around. Like, there's so many of these weird things where you're like, wait, what just happened? And the end, the end of the, uh, the Cleveland-Seattle game was odd with the flag vest. For goodness sake, your Jets-Cowboys game, Jeff, with the six consecutive plays with penalties, some of which were like phantom calls that didn't even exist. Just a bizarre day with, uh, with refereeing in the NFL. So again, well, from the betting perspective, as we're betting these, it's hard, enough to, it's hard enough to get these right. Then you have to go through the layer of, uh, of this, of this or, or deal that is flags now, some of which doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Let's, uh, before we get back to Chrissy, let's put up these two tweets if we could. This is from Rich Eisen yesterday. Again, these are just putting things in perspective in the National Football League, all under the guise of, let's just give this context. From Rich Eisen, just to let you know how our perception changes so very quickly, uh, the once upon a time 4-0 Chiefs and 3-0 Rams and 3-0 Cowboys are all a combined 0-8 since then. Chiefs, Rams, and Cowboys, 4-0, and 3-0, 3-0, 0-8 since then. And then this one right here, which will just warm Cowboys fans' hearts, or Cowboys betters' hearts. This is from Bobby Belt, at Bobby Belt TX. NFL teams are 90-1 since 1991 when they win time of possession, total yards, turnovers, pick up 25 first downs, and convert at least 10 or more third down attempts. Dallas's loss to the Jets on Sunday is the one loss. 90 and 1 since 1991. Good Lord. And with all that said, let's guess some more lines and see if we can extract some value. Let's bring back in my Mishbucha, Chrissy Andrews. How do you like that, Chris? All of that. Wow. Wow. That's a lot to digest right there. But, you know, we were watching that. Uh, I was, I, you know, like I said, I have one TV in my apartment here. Uh, so we're watching Red Zone. And they, they were featuring quite a bit of the Dallas Jets game. And that was really unwatchable with, you know, six straight penalties. It was just, you know, ridiculous. You know, there's one play in a row with no flag. And they're all, oh, how do you like this? It's unreal. But, you know, that's the NFL anymore. And it really has become unwatchable in a lot of ways. It's some horrible calls, non-calls. And, uh, you know, they, they better fix this problem. I think there's, there's, there's just too many rules. Just too many. Too many rules that we didn't even get right, into. We up. didn't even get into the challenges of plays and non-plays. That's a whole nother thing, which is just no one. Yeah, I said it to. I, I was going to ask Lombardi last week. I think I, I asked. I said the next day, what was I going to ask Lombardi? Which is with these replay challenges, 
you're, you almost know you're never going to have it go your way. It's almost like someone taking a, a coach in the NBA, taking a tech just to, you know, make a statement to a referee. So hopefully you get a subsequent call. It's like, it's just a whole different thing now. All right, we'll move on. What's next? We got the Rams at the Falcons. All right. Uh, we have touched on these two teams a little bit. Maybe not the Rams. The Rams game against the Niners was probably my favorite game to watch yesterday. Uh, the Rams, on their very first possession, they ran the ball on their first seven consecutive plays. They went 65 yards, went right through the Niners' defense, touchdown Rams. After that drive, the next seven Rams drives combined for 48 net yards. That's how much the Niners said, you know what, that's it. They're not getting a damn thing after this. Uh, in fact, the Rams, uh, probably the... The moment of the game, Rams reached the San Francisco one-yard line on third down shortly before halftime. Niners smothered two straight running plays up the middle. Um, Rams are now 3-3. Three and three. The Niners remain undefeated. A changing of the guard, perhaps, in the NFC West. I already told people, I said, look, I have, uh, before the season, pre-flop NFC West futures on the Niners at plus 395. I may add NFC and Super Bowl futures on the Niners. That's how good I think they are. Uh, the Rams are on their first three-game losing streak of Sean McVay's two-and-a-half-year tenure. And Jared Goff, who I have been saying now for a couple years, I thought the Rams would make him the first example of the NFL of a quarterback that led a team to a Super Bowl who was just going to recycle him after his rookie contract. Instead, the Rams decided, nope, we're going to give him $134 million, 110 of which is guaranteed. Yesterday, Goff and the offensive line did him no favors. Let me state that. But Jared Goff was 13 of 24 for 78 yards, a career-low 78 yards. No touchdowns, no picks. He was sacked four times. The Rams did not manage a completion longer than 12 yards the entire game. The, they were out first downed, if you will, 22 to 10. They were 0 for 9 on third downs. They were 0 for 4 on fourth downs. 165 total yards of, of offense. They were outpossessed 38 minutes and 52 seconds to 2108. Todd Gurley sat out with the uh, bruised thigh. Misses first game of the season, by the way, Clay Matthews, their sack leader, Aqib Talib. Both of them sat out on defense as well. Um, but 0 for 9 on third, 0 for 4 on fourth. I in gamed the Niners yesterday when they were up 17 to 7. I in gamed them at minus 6.5. And when they went up 20-7, to seven, they only got the field goal, not the touchdown. I was like, oh, I can get backdoored here. And the Rams had multiple opportunities, and they just could not matriculate down the field. The Niners just had them smothered every time. Atlanta, we talked about um, against, the, uh, Cardinal, excuse me, against the Cardinals, yes, losing that game um, on a Matt Bryant extra point attempt near the end of the fourth quarter. In fact, 153 left. He hooked it. He had missed Matt Bryant just three extra points over the past 11 seasons before he missed that one. Uh, Falcons erased the 17-point deficit in the second half, but lose on that. They've lost four straight games. By the way, for those who, you know, we talk about teams that stay on the road, the Falcons had stayed on the road. They went straight to Phoenix um, after their game last week. So they never went back to Atlanta, didn't end up helping in the end. Matt Ryan <laughs> filling up the stat sheet, 30 of 36, 356, four touchdowns, no picks. Hooper. The Cardinals uh, still getting crushed by tight ends. Hooper was the big target, 8 for 117 in a touchdown. Julio Jones, 8 for 108. Uh, Rams will be favored. Um, this is sort of like a Chiefs-Broncos situation to some degree, although the Falcons aren't really winning, so maybe not quite like that. I'll say the Rams minus 4.5 on the road at Atlanta. 
you are high. <laughs> it's three. I see some three minus 20, but mm. three is where I'm going to start. A couple things. You know, first of all, we got steamed yesterday on the San, on San Francisco. Now, that was one of our worst games. Um, from the wise guys, the Rams, and, and I, as I look back on it, I really think it was a bet on San Francisco and the bet against the Rams. And uh, I know what you're talking about with Jared Goff. And, you know, believe me when I tell you, I kind of have to hang my head in shame here a little bit. I was a little slow to get on that anti-Goff train, but I guess I'm not the only one. At least I didn't give him $120 million. Uh, and then between Goff and Gurley, and there's something wrong with Gurley, how permanent it is, I don't know. But they have so much money invested in those two guys. I'm not sure what the future portends for the Rams. I don't think it's all that good. Mm-hmm. Jared Goff, you know what his QBR was yesterday? 1.1. 1.1. I mean, that's, that is absolutely atrocious. You know, you know, and I threw away my notes from last week. I think somebody had like a 0-point-something QBR, which I said was the worst I'd ever seen. So I can't remember who that was right now. But 1.1 is pretty darn bad. Parlay informs um, me that it was Luke Falk who had a 0.9. Luke Falk. Okay. Boy, good old Parlay. Jeez, he's all right. Yeah, that's um, his team. Anyway, uh, you know, Atlanta is not that bad. You know, I mean, they've lost a couple of close ones. They've thrown in some real clinkers, too, no doubt about it. But, uh, you know, I think anything over three has to be a take. So uh, you and I are going to respectfully disagree here because I think three is playing in this game. And like I said, I look back. And by the way, they steamed Atlanta pretty good yesterday against the Cardinals. That was one of our really good games. But that, uh, that came from some guys I really respect who thought that Atlanta was the right side. And uh, a lot came in on them. So once again, you had money against the Rams. You had money for Atlanta. You have to kind of respect that a little bit. And listen, Atlanta lost. I know it could have been a kind of a fluke. They may have won that game in overtime. Who knows? But uh, I think I have to respect that move and the reasoning behind it. And uh, as a result, I'm going to open this three. I think that's plenty. I really do. You know, it's very interesting. I'm just trying to sort of articulate my reactions to these because Again, I've, I've focused on the good teams are, are, are way better than the bad teams are, right? The chasm between the haves and the have-nots continues to widen. And so, so on many of these guesses where I'm off, you would think I would be outraged and I'd be like, oh my God, it's only three. But yet I'm not, right? So the only one that sort of outraged me was Jacksonville. I think Jacksonville's too low. I, I would bet Jacksonville uh, in their game in the one that we, uh, that we talked about earlier. Jacksonville is at Cincinnati. But like for this one, where I have four and a half and you have three, it's sort of like my reaction to the Buffalo-Miami thing where you had 17 and I said 14. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I'm not outraged because, and Jeff Jeff said this on the break too, it's not only the haves and the have-nots. Do you ever remember a softer middle than this than this NFL, right? Like mm-hmm. these teams are just not yeah. good. So I don't know, like four and a half, three, I don't know what Rams are showing up. I don't know what Falcons are showing up. You know, did the Falcons really lose that game based on, we talked about the calls that went the Cardinals' way and the calls that went against the Falcons. There was a few of them in that game. So it's like you don't even know what you're watching ultimately. Um, so I'm not outraged by it. And three, okay, so be it. Well, yeah, I guess. Rams minus three at Atlanta. Just a very, it's yeah. so much harder to assess these teams, I think, this year than ever before, given all the factors. Let's do one more. Okay, another game here that I found this very interesting. San Francisco at Washington. Oh. 
well, it's a Redskins game. I think I'll be able to get this yeah, spread closer. It is. Uh, San Francisco's 5-0. and oh, The Redskins are 1-5. and five. Only undefeated team in the NFC, San Francisco 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo yesterday in that win against the Rams, which we just talked about, 24 of 33 for 243. No touchdowns, one pick. Uh, Kittle was his favorite target, 8 for 103. Niners did not score a touchdown in the final 27 minutes of this game, uh, but it's their fourth 5-0 and start in franchise history, their first since 1990. Uh, Garoppolo had a fumble return to the San Francisco 36 with 8.40 left. But as I mentioned, the Rams, they turned it over on downs, and there were so many of these occasions where the Rams had they had opportunity after opportunity, and the Niners' defense wasn't having any of it. Uh, Kyle Shanahan, quote, after that, the Garoppolo fumble and the stop, I had a feeling that if we just don't turn it over, we'll win this game. I haven't had that feeling very much in my career, and the defense definitely gave it to me the whole game. That's a big statement from Kyle Shanahan. I think people should take note. That's a coach who has rarely had that feeling of having a good defense. He's an offensive guru, but he's never had a great defense, along, whether he's coordinated in D.C. or Atlanta, any stop along the way. But now he feels that he does, and he's right. By the way, the Niners played that game without both of their starting offensive tackles, Mike McGlinchey and Joe Staley, and they still got it done. Skins, as we talked about, they beat the Dolphins. Uh, Adrian Peterson, 23 carries, 118 yards. That's something. Uh, more than double the season rushing total. Uh, they did find someone in Terry McLaurin from Ohio State. Four catches, 100 yards, two touchdowns. But the Skins were 2 of 11 on third downs. And uh, Bill Callahan, interim coach, has decided that Case Keenum will remain his starter. So this will be Case Keenum. Niners minus 10 at D.C., Chris. Tell me I'm wrong. No, you got it. It's 10. Bingo. It's 10. That's exactly it. I, you know, by the way, let's, let's back up a second. You were talking about Cincinnati covering on the road. And one of the things that I was going to interject is, you know, with these road teams, especially like the big dogs, you're getting a lot more points than you really deserve because we talked about home field advantage. just is not right. what it was. There's not much of a home field advantage in Washington. Nothing. Know? Zero but Look at field. this game. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not sure if 10's a little cheap or not. You know, I think it, I have a feeling it might be. Because what would this – and San Francisco doesn't have a great home field advantage either. You know, but might be a little better than it has been in the past. Because I think that crowd uh, – there's a lot of San Franciscans that wound up in L.A. yesterday. Um, a lot of Niner fans, I should say. You know, so I don't know. I, I, I'm going to open this 10, but I can see this going higher. I, I got to tell you, I'm very impressed with San Francisco. I still have my questions about Garoppolo. But I think there's a really well-coached team, and I think their defense is really, really good and coming together strongly. So I'm going to open 10. I would not be surprised if this one goes up. I, 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 at this point, I kind of like San Francisco a little bit. I know it's really dangerous laying points on the road or laying points almost anywhere in the NFL. But uh, I, 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 there, at this point in time, there's no way I'd have Washington. Let me put it that way. What's, what's so interesting for me is with my plus 395 on the Niners to win the NFC West, I would feel so coasty about this if the most underrated, criminally underrated player in the history of the NFL, Russell Wilson, wasn't in the same division doing his thing. We'll get to a Seattle game, I'm sure, uh, coming yeah. up. Uh, we'll come back. We'll do more of these. How many more games do we have? Do we, or have we finished all the morning games, Chris? Uh, we, yeah. We, next game, we go to the afternoon. Okay. So we have, and you said earlier, we have three afternoon games. We have the two primetime games. We will do those next, right here. Yep. Guessing Lines, Week 7 with Chris Andrews on a numbers game at Feasan. 
Keep it right here for more of A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. In fact, you don't have to keep it right here. You are here. Uh, by the way, you can wake up with a report on all the key line movements and how the pros are betting the day's top games. Sign up now for VEASAN's free daily newsletter. You'll get an email every morning with news and betting resources, plus our programming highlights. It's the best way to learn more about sports betting and how VEASAN can help you. Just go to VEASAN.com slash newsletter. That is VEASAN.com slash newsletter. Bet Russell Wilson win the MVP last week, Jeff. 5-1 to one over at Caesars. How's he not the favorite? Come on. Had to bet it. 5-1. to one. Thoughts? You're looking right at me. Oh, I, I I like it. Who at this at, at at this point? It's it ain't Mahomes it, anymore. Well, it, Mahomes is still still a top three candidate. I would say yeah. it's Wilson, Mahomes, and man, uh, Gil. The, this past week was the time to buy, to buy stock on Deshaun Watson because that is about to go through the roof. The, as well. the Deshaun Watson thing is so clear. You keep him upright. They they're great. As soon as I mean, because their sacks come in droves, right? There was that streak of eight straight games where he got sacked four straight times. Then I think he got sacked twice or zero. And then there was another big game where he got sacked six times. But these last couple games, he's been clean. That that does it all. It's amazing how simple it can be sometimes. You you know what tickets are uh, pretty much uh, heading towards worthless at this point, Gil? <laughs> that the the Dak Prescott uh, <laughs> tickets that were uh, way overvalued after week three. How do you think the Dak Prescott contract negotiations are going right now? Not great for Dak. Cowboys, how fraudulent are they, right? Still Giants, Redskins, Dolphins. Those are their three wins. Three and three, like I said, after Philadelphia-Dallas game, one of those teams gonna be, is going to be sub-500, barring a tie. And the Giants are one back and the Skins are two back. Yes, baby! Let's go! Let's bring in Chrissy Andrews, just uh, so I can stop my silliness. Chris Andrews, uh, my mishpucha, who is the uh, South Point Hotel Casino Sportsbook Director, coming to us from Los Angeles. Chris, uh, let's do some afternoon games. Okay, first afternoon game. Chargers at Tennessee. <laughs> what a terrible game. <laughs> two and four Chargers. This is a horrible game. The yeah. other two afternoon games are fine, but this one's horrible. Horrible. Let me just start with the spread. I would imagine this is Tennessee minus three. It's two two and four teams uh, playing each other. We talked about Tennessee. Mariota benched yesterday. Uh, after going 7 of 18 against Denver for 63 yards. 7 for 18 for 63 yards. No touchdowns, two picks. He was sacked three times. His passer rating out of 158.3, I'm curious if you have his QBR, but his passer rating out of 158.3 was 9.5. That's not his QBR, that's his passer rating. So he was benched after Justin Simmons picked him off early in the third quarter, led to the game's only touchdown, two-yard run by Phillip Lindsay. That gave it. Uh, that gave the Broncos a thirteen to nothing lead. By the way, it also snapped Mariota's uh, streak of two hundred and six passes without being picked off. By the way, that was my whole handicap in that game. Was if there was ever a characteristic that fits this game, it's Mariota doesn't turn the ball over. Then he goes ahead and does that. Um, and then it was Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill was thirteen of sixteen for 140, 144. No touchdowns, one pick, but he was sacked four times, too. So as we talked about, seven sacks for the Broncos. The, uh, the Titans were 2 of 14 on third downs, 204 total yards, 39 rushing yards. Um, yeah, there were 17 punts in that Broncos-Titans game. First half of that game featured more flags, 10, and punts, 11, than points, 6. So that's fun. Uh, and then there's the Chargers last night. Whew. You know, at the end, cosmetically, 
17 loss for the Chargers at home. But uh, let's be honest. This was 24 to nothing Steelers. And the Steelers, last I check, uh, had, had uh, Devlin Hodges as their starting quarterback. And um, this game was Philip Phillip Rivers, 26 of 44 for 300 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. But let's face it, Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler, 13 combined carries for 32 yards. Um, it was it was seven it was fourteen to nothing with four thirty nine remaining in the first quarter, and then it was twenty one to nothing with six thirty four remaining in the second. Devin Bush wreaking havoc, forcing a couple turnovers there for the Steelers. Anyway, um, my buddy E, who you know, Chrissy, most successful sports better mm-hmm. I know, he asked this question. He says, "If Anthony Lynn got fired by the Chargers, would like a random Sun Belt team want to hire him?" That was his comment about Anthony Lynn. This is bad. Uh, and this game between the Chargers and Tennessee is bad. I'll just say Tennessee minus three because I don't know what else to make it. Well, I think I kind of like your number better, but it is a tough one. It's Tennessee one. I see a couple of picks. Uh, but Why? You know, I think Vrabel inherited a mess at Tennessee. Let's, let's not pull any bones about it. By the way, you talked about the um, – and the QBR for Mariota. This time it was actually higher than his passer rating. It was 9.9. Mm. Still wonderful. Which is still horrible, yeah. but it's better than his <laughs> passer rating. That's right. And Tannehill was even worse. He was 7.9. So Go figure. Combined, they were terrible. You know, and, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of kudos to the Denver defense. I think really forced a lot of that. But still, you know, Tennessee is just in a mess right now. But the Chargers, same thing. I mean, they've been pulling – chargery type things for a while and uh we had a friend of ours the bear has texted us between the breaks here i mean the los angeles chargers ask anybody about la the the los angeles the the who who are they oh san diego you mean oh okay there's no enthusiasm for this team whatsoever that they should have never left san diego and i don't know the politics behind uh, the stadium and all that other stuff. And, you know, all these billionaires want to hand out from the city or the state or whoever, you know, God forbid they ever build anything on their own, you know, and, but Tennessee right now, I think is a little, has a little bit better, has a little bit more going for them just because it's like uh, the, the lower expectations. And uh, I, I'm going to open one just because I see some picks around, but I, I, if it goes higher, I'm going to go higher on this one. As, as bad as Tennessee is and as big a mess that they're in, the Chargers, I think, are even worse. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't. So one for me. Yeah. I, I, that's why I just put in three. I, I figured it would be that, but you're telling me it's lower than that. Um, yeah. And that stadium, that new stadium in LA with the Chargers, as we just, as we just talked about, and the Rams, who are strapped with the golf and the girly contracts. Wow. I mean, that mm-hmm. stadium looks beautiful, but what does the future hold? Um, doesn't look good as we sit here today. Things change for sure, not only from a week to week, but certainly from month to month. But uh, right now, as we said, doesn't look like a wonderful thing. So Tennessee, you said in the end was what? What are you going to put it up at? I'm going to open Tennessee one. Okay, Tennessee one. What's the next one in the afternoon? Baltimore at Seattle. Oh, that's a good game. 
There's your marquee matchup of the That's day so far. Yeah, Baltimore 4-2, and two, Seattle 5-1. and one. Lamar Jackson yesterday in that win against the Bengals. 21 of 33 for 236. No touchdowns, no picks. But then he went ahead and added 19 carries for 152 yards and a touchdown on the ground. He becomes yeah. the first quarterback in the Super Bowl era to pass for at least 200 yards, rush for 150 in a single game. And by the way, he uh, sort of slowed down at the end. Michael Vick has the single-game record of 173 yards rushing by a quarterback. And uh, again, 21 yards shy of that was Lamar Jackson. But Baltimore in that game against Cincinnati, 9 of 15 on third downs. They won the yardage. I know it's against Cincinnati, but 497 to 250, uh, 269 to 33 on the ground. 39 minutes and 42 seconds to 1918 in time of possession. They did have 10 penalties for 81 yards. But they retain sole possession of uh, first place in the AFC North. And then there is the Seattle Seahawks and the glory that is Russell Wilson. They are 5-1. and one. Russell Wilson yesterday, 23 of 33 for 295. Two touchdowns, no picks. He ran for another. He has yet to throw an interception this season. Yet to throw a pick this season. Uh, and to this point, let's face it, he's the best quarterback in the National Football League, top to bottom. I don't think there's any disputing that. I really don't. Chris Carson, 24 for 124. Touchdown. He had a touchdown run with 3.30 left. Seahawks rallied for a 32-28 win over the Browns, which is a whole nother story. Seahawks are 3-0 on the road. First time they've done that in 39 years. They gave up touchdowns on Cleveland's first three possessions. Put themselves in a huge hole. In the end, though, 454 total yards of offense. They, too, had a lot of penalties, 10 for 65, if you uh, want to say something bad about them. And they did lose Will Disley, their tight end in the first half, with uh, what appears to be an Achilles injury. So that's not good. Uh, but all that said, I'll say this game's in Seattle. I'll say it's Seattle minus four and a half. Uh, here, a little high. I see mostly three and a half. I see a couple of fours. Really like the three and a half a lot better. Really? Uh, as much as I love Wilson and like Seattle, uh, I'm going to give this Baltimore team too many points. You know, and uh, right now this total, I think, a little surprising how high it is. I'm looking at mostly fifty and a half for the total. I think that's a, a shade high, but I'm not. A, I'm not much of a totals guy. I'm really not. But uh, I'm going to open three and a half just because there's some fours out there. But um, telling you the truth, if this game went to three. I think I'd go to three with it. I think it's going to be a very good, close, tight game. And uh, right now, I, I I see Baltimore as being the side I would like. Certainly plus the four. These are, without question, barring catastrophic injuries, these are playoff teams right here. Baltimore at Seattle. Uh, this should I be, would think so. Yeah, this yeah. should be a good football game at Seattle. So three and a half is what you're opening that, but you say you go to three if it goes to three. I'm um, a little high on the Seahawks. All I right. would, yes. Last one in the afternoon. Okay, another good game. New Orleans at Chicago. New Orleans at Chicago. New Orleans is 5-1. and one. Some people would consider New Orleans the cream of the NFC. Teddy Bridgewater... Um, what is he, 4-0 and now without Drew Brees? Teddy Bridgewater, 4-0, yeah. 24 yeah. of 36 for 240, one touchdown, no picks. I uh, found Jared Cook, we mentioned this earlier, four-yard touchdown early in the fourth quarter. It was the only touchdown of that game, New Orleans beating Jacksonville uh, 13-6. to Put the Saints ahead for good. And uh, then the Chicago, Chicago's got the extra rest because they're coming back from London after they got beat by the Raiders. So they're 3-2, and New Orleans is 5-1. and um, let me just compare this to what we just saw. New Orleans was at Jacksonville, and New Orleans ended up as the dog in that game, correct? Or did they end up as the favorite? They were the dog the whole time. 
So, and that was the one that I thought New, New Orleans, Orleans. Yeah, they, yeah, and I thought New Orleans should be favored. Yeah. So, given what I th- we we opened. Pardon me. Yeah, go ahead. We got a little delay on the phone. I don't mean to be interrupting you. No, no, that's all right. But anyway, uh, we opened New Orleans one, and all the money came in on Jacksonville. Uh, so they did wind up the favorite. Matter of fact, I don't think we went to three on this game. We might have, but we we closed the game two and a half. Uh, that was definitely one of the good games for us, you know. But uh, you know, a lot of people believe in Jacksonville and uh, did not believe in New Orleans. Yeah, I was, and I was the opposite. And of course, I didn't play it in Circa. Yeah, well, well done, Gil. Uh, but knowing that Chicago's got to be a favorite here too, then right? Based on that, and it's not like New Orleans rolled past Jacksonville, so I would think it would be similar. I would say Chicago's got to be a slight favorite. I'll say Chicago minus one and a half. You know, you're a little light. It's like three and a half. I even see a couple of fours. But I, I, I'm, wow. I like your way of thinking. I thought this game should have been a three. Uh, and At not even most. that. Yeah. Except for the fact yeah, that Chicago has the extra rest here. And let's be honest. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater is 4-0 for New Orleans. He's been a little lucky. Yeah. You know, they, been- you know and maybe, maybe when Breeze comes back, they will be the best team in the NFC. I think that that's very viable. Very possible. But uh, he's been a little lucky, you know. But at Chicago, they're not exactly uh, burning the league up. And you talked about the uh, – how about those people with uh, Dak Prescott MVP tickets? How about the people with Mitch Trubisky tickets? Yeah. I don't think <laughs> like, they could be feeling real good right now either. Didn't think I even needed to <laughs> mention that There's a lot one. of them, yeah. by the way. Yeah. Yeah, there's a whole lot of them. There really is. Uh, anyway, it's – it's three and a half and four. I'm going to open three and a half, but that's another one where if I saw this game going to three, I'm going to go to three myself because I think, uh, I, I think New Orleans probably the right side here getting any kind of points. And again, we have a very low total, 38 and a half, 39 is what I'm looking at. So uh, I think points will be at a premium, and I'd like to take them with New Orleans, certainly anything over the three. Jeff, what did you guess on this? I had uh, Chicago minus two. Yeah, right where I was. I hope people are playing this interactively, and, and, and I wonder if people are as incredulous with some of these or if they're just laughing at some of these, right? But I think both are the case in different circumstances. <laughs> but this one is very interesting that it's that much in favor of the Bears. Again, extra rest for the Bears. Saints rolling in. We think it's Teddy Bridgewater, though, yes? That Teddy Bridgewater will be the quarterback, um, barring any news, uh, unforeseen news, but we believe it's Bridgewater this week again. So it is Chicago minus, it's over the three. What did you say you're opening it at? Minus three and a half? Three and a half. Minus three, three and, and a half. half. All right. I had one and a half. Through the key number. We'll come back. We'll do the primetime games. Week seven. Some interesting lines for sure. Jacksonville and New Orleans leaping off the page for me so far. We'll review them at the end. We'll do the two primetime games coming up on a numbers game with Chris Andrews right here at VEASAN. Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. We are back on A Numbers Game right here at VEASAN. Tribute to the old Stardust Radio Show. It's Gil Alexander. Chrissy Andrews is here uh, from L.A., that is. My uh, mishpucha from the uh, South Point Hotel Casino Sportsbook Desk, of course, is where he uh, usually uh, spends his days. He's the director of the South Point uh, Sportsbook. And, of course, you can follow him on Twitter at Andrews Sports, the name of the book. Then one day. Then one day. Uh, and you told a uh, you told you gave us a story time a couple weeks back, Chrissy. Uh, does that mean that there will be a second volume to this at some point? Well, there might be. I don't think I have quite enough stories yet. But uh, a lot of people reminding me of some of the stories that I didn't put in. 
Uh, like I said, there was a reason I didn't put that one in. Yeah. You and I talked about it off the air. <laughs> uh, there's a couple others. And, uh, you know, I guess I'm debating it whether to put out a second one or not. But it's like, it's, you know, it's one of those things. That, hey, listen, I know I'm patting myself on the back. I think the book is really good. And it's hard to follow up on something that's really good, you know. But, uh, you know, Godfather 2 seemed to pull it off. I'm not sure I'm Francis Ford Coppola. You know, but... Uh, I don't know. Following it up might not be in my best interest, but we'll see. I'll figure it out at yeah. some point. I mean, not, not at this point, but we do have some other good stories. Nice of nice of me to make that public, by the way, to ask you that question publicly. By the way, I'm still waiting for a history of the world part two as well. So you know, you would you wouldn't be the first that uh, <laughs> sequel that that went unpromised. Right. All right, let's do prime time Sunday night. What do we got? Philadelphia at Dallas. There it is. I knew this game was coming. Uh, two, three, and three teams. NFC East. Oh, the NFC East. Dallas from 3-0 and to 3-3. and uh, The Giants are one back, and the Redskins are two back. Everybody's in play. Philadelphia and their loss to the Vikings, which you talked about earlier. Carson Wentz, 26 of 40 for 306. Two touchdowns, one pick. Miles Sanders, uh, three catches for 96 yards and a touchdown. Dallas in their loss to the Jets. How good do you feel about that uh, Jets win there, Jeff? Very excited about it? Well, again, it's a difference between having a an, an XFL quarterback playing and an NFL quarterback playing. Well, you you said it very well yesterday when we were texting. You said what this game proves is that the Cowboys are somewhat fraudulent, and we talked about that. They beat the Giants, Redskins, and Dolphins, and that the Jets are perfectly average when they have a serviceable quarterback, right? Perfectly average. Uh Dallas, of course, loses to the Jets yesterday by the score of 24-22. to Chrissy told us that was a big big game for the books, among others. Zeke, 28 of one, uh, for 105, a touchdown, five catches for 47. Uh, late in the game, with Dallas marching down the field, officials called six straight penalties. We alluded to this earlier. Six straight penalties during one stretch, including four on the Jets, which put the Cowboys in scoring position. So Dak Prescott runs for a four-yard touchdown with 43 seconds left, making it a two-point game. They go for the tie, of course. Prescott dropped back, quickly met by Jamal Adams. Uh, pass on the conversion, falls short to Jason Witten. Third straight loss for Dallas. Cowboys played without Lael Collins uh, and Tyron Smith. They're two starting tackles. And uh, Amari Cooper got sidelined most of the game, quadriceps injury. So he was out early. They did have a 62-yarder from Brett Maher at the end of the first half. Uh, he becomes the first kicker in NFL history, according to Sport Radar, with two field goals of at least 62 yards. But it's the Jets in the end who hold on for dear life. 24-22, Jets get it done with Sam Darnold back from mononucleosis. Dallas minus 2.5. I don't think it's the full three. I'll say minus 2.5. Well, this is one of those games, Gilly. Oh, no. Three with juice on the dog. Oh, there you go. Two and a half with juice on the favorite. Okay. Jeez, um, you know, I think, I guess I got to decide about the next 15 minutes when I'm going to open it, but I'm not sure yet. I, I really think three is too high. You know, why are we giving them the full theoretical home field advantage in this game? I, I, I don't think they deserve it, and I'm not sure they're any better than Philadelphia. I think three is too high. You know, but two and a half, I mean, I know what, what they're going to do. I know they're going to lay it to me. You know, do I, do I want to take a bet at two and a half? I think I probably do. I think at this point, I reserve the right to change in the next 15 minutes. But I think I'm going to open this game two and a half, take a bet, and then go to three. And you know what? They'll probably take the three off me. But it's always, you know, the half point is what gives them the advantage. Not, the, you know, if it lands on three and you booked all your action at three, 
obviously it's just a push. But I just don't see where Dallas deserves to be a three-point favorite in this game. I, I really just don't see it. They, they're not that good to me. And I think Philadelphia, and, you know, they're up and down. Listen, they're not a great team. They are pretty good. And uh, I just don't I, – I, I think this is two teams staggering into this game. But I, I give Philadelphia the edge with any kind of points. Before the so, season anyway. started, I had Philadelphia, New England, and the uh, Super Bowl. Uh, San Francisco's starting to get me to think yeah. otherwise about that. But I think Philadelphia is a better football team than Dallas. More importantly, I think they're a better coached football team than Dallas. And for me, the bet comes down mm-hmm. in this game to coaching, coaching, and more coaching. I'll take Peterson over the Clapper and Kellen Moore here any day of the week. And if you're giving me the full three, well, I would grab it in a, in a heartbeat. Yeah, I think you'll be able to find it at some point. In fact, I'm looking at one place right now. It does have a three flat, actually two of them. But, uh, you know, Gil, you kind of touched on it. What are the two most important positions on the football team, you know, at least on the field of play? Quarterback and coach. And uh, I think Philadelphia has the edge, maybe not a quarterback. I think that's close. But certainly the edge in coaching. Maybe a slight edge in quarterbacking, too. So um, I'd give it to Philadelphia here. Like I said, I don't see where Dallas is a three-point favorite. But they are. They are. Okay. So we'll see. What's Monday night? New England at uh, Jeff Parley's Jets. <laughs> New England, another barn burner of an opponent. Good Lord. New England 6-0. Extra rest for New England here. They beat the uh, Giants and somehow covered on Thursday night, 35-14. The Jets we just talked about beat the Cowboys. Darnold, by the way, Sam Darnold yesterday, 23-32 of 32 for 338, two touchdowns and a pick. Robbie Anderson, five catches, 125, including a 92-yard touchdown. Uh, but they were, the Jets were, 2 of 10 on third downs. They built that 21-3 to lead and held on for dear life. First win for Adam Gase uh, as a Jets coach. And Le'Veon Bell, first score on the ground for the Jets yesterday for a touchdown. And oh, by the way, just some housekeeping. When I kept screaming 54 last week, the, the streak of 54 consecutive opponent possessions against the Jets scoring inside the Renzode uh, is snapped when the uh, Jets stopped the Cowboys on downs in this ball game, And then the next pass, Darnold went deep to, to Anderson for that 92-yarder uh, to make it 14-3. to So the, 50, the streak of 54 straight opponent possessions, Dunzo. There's a, t- there's a tweet that somebody sent me, Grog ST, 54, but not 55. Uh, but there is one other streak that the Jets <laughs> need to be aware of. Uh, 29 straight games for the Jets where they have failed to score a touchdown on their opening possession. That's the longest active streak in the NFL. So they're not out of the woods yet. By the way, Luke Falk cut immediately. Uh, Jets finished with uh, 382 yards after getting 233 combined in their last two games with Luke Falk as their quarterback. Um, Patriots minus 10 on the road. Uh, it's nine and a half and ten. But uh, before we go further, going back to the Jets, what was it, fifty-four, not fifty-five? Yes. Is that what you said? Uh huh. Okay. Reminds me of Max Kirshner, fifty-three, and fortunately not fifty-four. <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about, go buy my book. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, fifty-three. That's right. A different kind of streak, not but yes, 54. yeah, <laughs> yeah, much different streak. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I see nine and a half and ten. You know, Gilly, I like nine and a half a little bit better here. Hmm. Uh, you know, New England, you talked about them. They won and they covered last week as 17-point favorites. You know, 
they didn't look all that great to me. I, you know, I, yeah. Listen, they're probably going to be the favorites, certainly out of the AFC, to go to the Super Bowl. You know, there's chinks in the armor of virtually everybody else on that side of the ledger. But I still don't think they're they're quite what they have been. But you know, listen, I've seen Belichick over the years. His teams tend to get better. They tend to peak in December and January and even in February. You know, so but what we see right now, I don't think they're 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 where they want to be. And maybe it's Belichick is never where he wants to be. But I think ten is a little too high. I'm going to open this game nine and a half. I see both numbers. But I think nine and a half is a little bit better number. I really do. I think the Jets kind of hang in there. They're, they're not great, but, I mean, this is a big game for them. And I do see a little bit of a home field advantage here for the Jets. Um, and that'll be a rabid fan base certainly coming off the first win in God knows how long. So uh, I, 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 I think this will be a, a little bit closer game than, than the 10. So I, I'm going to open this one nine and a half. I cannot disagree with the sentiment about the Patriots. They do not look uh, certainly at full strength. They they may get there yet, as they tend to do November, December, but certainly not uh, currently at this moment. Coming back, we'll review it all, say what we like best. Guessing Lines, Week 7 in the National Football League. Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. All right, two weeks ago on Guessing Lines, I followed everything I reacted to on Guessing Lines, kept it to my picks, went 4-1. and one. Last week... Had four games that I thought the wrong team was favored. I only went with two of them. It was the two that didn't come through. Of course, that's how it works. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with my instincts here. Here's what I like so far. Jacksonville, uh, only giving three and a half on the road at the Bengals. I like Jacksonville. New Orleans, um, on the next page there. New Orleans, uh, let's see. Only, they're getting three and a half? I think you give me the hook there, I'll take New Orleans. San Francisco's only, quote-unquote, giving 10 against the Redskins. I like the Niners. And then Philadelphia, if you're telling me that's three, uh, if it gets to three, and I think that's what it opened at, I'll take the three on Philadelphia. The other one is Seattle. I'm going to watch Seattle. If Seattle goes down to three, I'm all over the Seahawks. In that one. Right now it's three and a half. I'll wait on that. But if that gets to three, I'll grab the Seahawks, as I'm sure many others will. So those are the, those are the five that leap to mind. Uh, 30 seconds here, Chrissy. What, what do you uh, react to here? What were the, your first instincts? Let me say the uh, Niner game is going to nine and a half just about everywhere. I am still going to open 10 and take a bet. Yeah. The games I like, I like the Colts minus you know one or pick you could find. I'm going to open one and a half. Uh, I like I like Baltimore. You and I are different on the Seattle game. I like Baltimore getting the points. I like the Saints as well as you do, and I like Philly plus the three. All right, so some uh, simpatico there on the last couple there, and we're oppo on uh, Baltimore, yeah. Seattle. Chris, on one. Thank you as yeah. always, man. Always a pleasure. Two hours flies by. I appreciate Bye. it. It certainly does. All right, my friend. We'll talk again next week. Next week, we'll do it all over again. Hope that's uh, first salvo for you and your. Uh, Attempt to handicap week seven lines. Enjoy the football game tonight. Again, Packers by three and a half at home.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 